Welcome to episode 19 of Kept Secrets. I'm your host, Nikki Rothrock. This podcast is a way that I try to help others who have experienced childhood sexual abuse, neglect, or trauma. I will discuss my personal experience and treatments and how they helped heal my broken heart and soul. My abuse started as early as five to six years old until I was 15 and by more than 20 different perpetrators. There's a long history, but I've been able to create this podcast in hopes of helping one person. I hope that person is you. Hey, everybody. I am back from vacation. Um, We got back last week and I didn't have enough time to um, work on the podcast before I went back into work and I just needed a few more days off. So I hope everyone is having a great Monday or whatever day you're listening. Um, I wanted to, a listener reached out to me while I was gone and we were discussing different topics and things like that because you guys know I struggle with trying to find something that I feel like you guys are going to either find something in the the um, content or if, you know, I don't want to just be out here just talking to the air and it's not benefiting anyone. So this listener, um, she mentioned talking about how to discuss sexual assault with your children. So I did a little bit of research on it and I found some things. Now I've discussed this with my personal friends, you know, like if they have kids or whatever, I'm like, they need to do this and they need to know this and blah, blah, blah. So I thought I would go into a little bit of info on that tonight and it shouldn't take too long. Hopefully it'll be within the hour and I won't have to go into a part two But um, to kind of start things off, um, some key takeaways from this. I hope that you understand that talking openly and often with your child is beneficial. Um, Child abuse is scary, but talking about ways to prevent it doesn't have to be. Um, Establish a simple personal safety rules with your children that are easy to understand and to remember. Know the facts and signs of abuse and what to do and say if it happens. Ask open-ended questions. Practice active listening and believe your child. I've said this many times in other episodes about believing. If you just believe the child because it's so hard for a child to disclose this kind of information to an adult or a parent and when they finally get that courage and you don't believe them that poor child may never have the courage again to to give that information so um ask open-ended questions i just said that so we'll talk about The timing. Okay, when is the right time to have this conversation with your kids? So it's always good to start as early as possible. Any time is the right time to talk with your child, but it helps it helps them and you to feel calm and relaxed. Looking for opportunities in your daily routine 
that allows some privacy like bedtime or in the car because your child may not want to open up about sensitive topics in a public place. Be ready to respond appropriately if your child tells you about an inappropriate behavior. The best practice for this is to listen actively and watch for signs of abuse such as physical discomfort or behavior. If your child discloses abuse, stay calm. Then, with care, not denial or anger, assure them that you believe them and that you'll keep them safe. Don't rush them or insist on details. What you can say is something like, it took a lot of courage for you to tell me about this. I believe you. Or you could say, everything will be okay. I can help keep you safe now because you told me. Or you could say, tell me more. What happened next? Kind of have to read the situation. (laughs) Um, Research says that children who are informed about their bodies and who feel comfortable talking openly with a caring adult are less likely to be abused and more likely to disclose abuse if it happens. Many parents are reluctant to educate their children about sexual abuse because they view it as an uncomfortable topic to discuss. In about 90% of sexual abuse cases, children know their offender. Often it's someone the family knows and likes, which is why many children are afraid to tell. If your child discloses abuse, stay calm and believe them. Children rarely, rarely lie about it. Um, Okay, so times that you can start talking. If you're not sure what to say or when to talk to your child about personal safety, try using the following tips and conversation starters. If your child isn't receptive right away, that's okay. Try again another time. The most important aspect of these talks is to to create an open line of communication. So one time you could do it during bath time. When bathing your young child, you can teach them the correct names for all body parts. So if they are harmed, they can accurately describe what happened. I'm going to kind of talk about that for a second because when I was in graduate school, um, I, I did a, a very quick internship with a child advocacy center in um, the county that I lived in. And one of the things that I learned was that when a child is young and they may call their bottom their bottom or their butt, sometimes the kids call their vagina or penis butt too because it's it's just in the area so they call it their butt so it's really they said it was super important to teach your kids the proper names you know little girls have vaginas and breasts and and um you can you could say butt or bottom but you know like anus is more specific so there's no question when they are being interviewed by the forensic interviewers what actually happened. Um, you know, because if, if a child has been penetrated, they could be penetrated anally or vaginally. And if they say my bottom or down there, what does that mean specifically? How can the courts, um, 
have proof without knowing exactly what happened. I don't, I'm not saying that they wouldn't take the case or they wouldn't be able to prosecute or, or know that the abuse really happened. It's just better if your child knows the proper names. Um, so also research indicates that well-informed children are less likely to be targeted by offenders. So you can say something like, can you name all the parts of your body? Eyes, ears, eyebrows, penis, knee. So you just kind of throw that in there a little bit. And then it's part of their normal. They, it's just like talking about your elbow. Um, you could also say, can you point to the parts of your body covered by swimsuit, by a swimsuit? They're covered because they're private. So that's something you could say during bath time. Uh, leaving the house. When your child is getting ready to go somewhere, whether to school or an activity or even a friend's house, this can be your cue to remind them about personal safety rules. You could say something like, let's have a quick chat before you leave. I want to go over a few, a few safety rules. <coughs> Excuse me. Or you could say, just in case you need me for anything, I want to make sure that you know how safe, uh, know the safety plan and have all of your emergency contact information. So that's pretty cool that um, just any opportunity. I know that um, with my stepsons, I, I tend to talk to them more in the car and they're, they're willing to share more in the car um, because nobody's going to overhear the conversation. You know, it's just, it's a quiet place usually. Sometimes we listen to music, sometimes we talk. So another time that you could talk to them is bedtime. So when tucking your child in at night or snuggling on the couch, you can read together and ask open-ended questions about the book themes or situations that might relate to personal safety. For example, what touches did you notice that might have been unsafe? What would you do in that situation? Or you could say, Someone t- some touch is never okay, like hitting. Other touches depend on the person and the situation. No adult should ever touch you and then ask you to keep it a secret. Um, another time would be playtime. Playing games together can be a good opportunity to start teaching basic concept or content. Excuse me. Um, start by explaining rules for safe and unsafe touches, even if it seems fun, like tickling. That was one of the things that my main abuser did to me personally. Um, and it just seemed sort of innocent, I guess. Um, so when my mom would see him tickling me or whatever, you know, he'd get up under my armpit, but then he would like brush my breast or he'd be tickling my inner thigh, but he would also, you know, find his way in inappropriate ways in front of my mom. (coughs) Excuse me. You could say something like, always ask before touching someone else, or you could say, listen, when someone says no or stop. Side by side. Sorry, guys, I have a tickle in my throat. 
Okay. Older kids often find it easier to talk when they're not looking directly at someone. The best time to connect may be... The best time to connect may be while engaged in an activity such as riding in a car or cooking a meal together. (coughs) Sorry. Ask open-ended questions and listen carefully for any comments that might hit hint at discomfort. (coughs) Try watching the news or a movie together, using the content to bring up specific topics such as a new romantic feeling. (coughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. (coughs) Sorry, guys. (coughs) I'm okay. (laughs) Okay, so you could say something like, Being in a relationship can sometimes feel complicated. Let me know if you ever want to chat about how things are going. You could say, it's always okay to say no, even if you've already said yes. Because, you know, somebody could possibly want to hug your child and then your, your child's like, okay, And then they get uncomfortable, and then at that time, they can say no. They can still say no. So, talking tips by age. I tell you what, these dogs of mine, Archie and Belle, trying to keep them quiet, so I'm giving them little treats. And then they can't find them because they're so little. (laughs) Okay, so zero to five years old. Keep conversations short and simple with toddlers and young children. Focus on teaching basic personal safety rules, the correct names for all body parts, and how to refuse unwanted touches. So this is zero to five years old. (coughs) You could say, that wasn't very nice. You need to go lay down. Go lay down. (coughs) I don't know why I'm coughing so much tonight, and I apologize. Um, so a bigger person, you could say a bigger person should never touch your private parts. You could also say you can always say no or stop if you don't like something or never keep secrets about touching. The only safe secrets are those that eventually can be shared like birthday surprises. Okay. That's simple enough. (coughs) Six to eight years old. Be more specific with the rules and continue to regularly remind your child of the personal safety rules. It should feel just like a, it should feel normal to say, look both ways before crossing the street, as it would to say, remember, no one should ever touch your private body parts except to keep you healthy. You could say something like, safe touches make you feel un. <laughs> Safe touches make you feel well cared for and loved, like a hug from a parent. They're good for you. Unsafe touches make you feel uncomfortable and might even hurt. Another example, pay attention to different feelings in your body, like butterflies in your tummy, sweaty palms, or a fast heartbeat. That might mean a situation is not okay. I kind of like that one, that last one, because it's making them more aware of their physical reactions, um, physiological. So the next age group is nine to 10 years old. Review family safety rules 
and go into more detail about privacy, different types of touches, and how to recognize behavior that makes them uncomfortable. At this age, your child may spend more time away from you at a friend's home or activities. Excuse me. And they may also spend more time online without your supervision. Know who your child spends time with, including coaches, music instructors, and friends' older siblings. You could say something like, not all abuse involves touching. It's not okay for someone to show you their private body parts or ask you to see yours in person or online. Another example, no one should take photos of your private body parts or show you photos of other people's private body parts. Hey, so 11 and up. I like how they break this down. Um, it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. This website is, um, hot chocolate talk is what it's called. And it's a committee for children. 2022 committee for children is the publication on it. So, um, so ages 11 and older, many of the same safety rules apply to older kids, but might need to be more be framed in a way that's more open-ended rather than giving one-sided talk about safe choices that your child may tune out. Focus on open, honest, and ongoing dialogue. Build trust and comfort over time and adapt your conversations to be more informative as they age. Okay, there's like six different examples here. So the first one you could say... I noticed you hanging out with some new kids at the basketball game. I'd love to hear more about them. Okay, that's simple. Being in a relationship can sometimes get complicated. Let me know if you ever want to chat about how things are going. That's a good one. I know you have strong feelings for your girlfriend or boyfriend. So even though they may seem awkward, we need to talk about safety and consent. I like that. Um, another one. It's always okay to change your mind and stop sexual activity at any time. Even if you've already said yes, your feelings and safety come first. That's pretty good. It's never okay for someone to use sex or your feelings to try to control you. If that happens, tell them it's not okay and then tell me so that we can talk about it. And the last one, it's important to watch out for your friends. If you see something inappropriate, inappropriate, say something. So it goes on to say, words to know. It's estimated that nearly 36% of offenders are older children or teens. So, it's critical to thoroughly explain personal boundaries and consent. Go lay down. I'm not giving you any more. So, the first word is assault. According to the United States Department of Justice, sexual assault is, quote, any unconsensual sexual act prescribed by federal, tribal, or state law including when the victim lacks capacity to consent, unquote. Even unwelcome sexual gestures 
can sometimes be interpreted as assault, as well as having sex with people who are under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Okay, so that's good to know. Um, I didn't know that gestures could be considered assault. Child sexual abuse defines... Guys, I am not in the flow of this at all. I'm sorry. Child sexual abuse. Definitions vary from state to state, but in general terms, child sexual abuse includes any activity with a minor to meet the offender's sexual needs. It does not have to be physical. It can be looking, showing, or touching. Consent. Legal definitions also vary from state to state, but generally, consent means freely giving permission or agreeing to do something. One consent part of <laughs> one consistent, I'm sorry, part of consent is that the absence of no does not mean that someone has given consent. They must clearly say yes. So, for anybody that's listening to this episode that didn't listen to the first episode, One of my biggest fears and, like, biggest insecurities is reading out loud. (laughs) So, I do a lot of reading on this, and I stumble a lot, so I just hope that you bear with me. Um, But I just wanted to throw throw that out there. It is a, it's a pretty big insecurity of mine. So, the next word to know is sexting. Sharing nude or suggestive content online via mobile phones or via mobile phones is known as sexting, which is illegal for minors in some states for consenting adults as well. Trafficking. This is a, this is a big one. Um, and child sex trafficking, a child under the age of 18 is bought or sold for sexual purposes or engages in sex in return for basic needs like shelter or food. The average age that a child is first exploited is 14 years old. And the average age that an exploited child first child first seeks service is 16 years old. Learn more about stolenyouth.org and missingkids.org if you want to learn more about trafficking. I know that when I was in grad school, we I'm in Indiana and we had the Super Bowl in our state. Um, I want to say it was like 2010, maybe 2011. I don't remember. But there was a lot of talk about sex trafficking and how you have to keep your eye out for, you know, like very submissive children or young women. Um, And they typically, like there was a whole bunch of stuff about like when big events come to cities that that's when a lot of the illegal stuff shows up. You've got drugs, you've got sex, you've got, um, you know, people are just looking to make money. So they kidnap these poor children and take them to cities that they've never been to and they keep them captive and then they, it's, it's terrible. And I can't even imagine how those kids feel. Um, 
It's heartbreaking. So if you want to read more about that, message me and I can um, say those websites again, or I could put them on the Facebook group. Uh, Simple safety rules. How you communicate the following safety rules and how much detail you include may vary depending on your family values and child's developmental stage. Make sure to keep safety rules simple so they're easy to understand and remember and to repeat them frequently, particularly with the young's children. Okay, so there's a few things here. Uh, The first one, never keep secrets about touching, period. I added period, but it just says never keep secrets about touching. The next one, always ask the adult in charge if it's okay for another adult to give you something or take you somewhere. Another one, you can always say no to unwanted touches. It's never your fault if someone sexually abuses you. I want to talk about that one in a second. Tell a safe adult if someone ever makes you feel uncomfortable and keep telling them until somebody believes you. It's never too late to tell. So it's, I want to talk about it's never your fault if someone sexually abuses you. One of the things that across the board, talking to other victims or survivors and people who have reached out to me because of this podcast, the one thing that they say the most that they struggle with is guilt. So guilt is tricky because in my situation, I, I can remember the therapy session with Beth, my former psychologist, um, who walked this journey with me very well. Um, I was, I was pretty young when we had this session because I had a lot of guilt about Tom, my main perpetrator, who was my stepfather, because uh, when someone is being touched in a sexual way, most of the time their body is going to react. And a lot of times the child or the survivor, the adult, you know, looking back at the abuse, they feel guilty because they may have had an orgasm or they may have ejaculated or, or whatever. So they feel like they must have wanted it. And if you don't get anything else from this particular episode, just know that your body is going to react when it's touched. So if you are in a situation where you are raped, digitally penetrated, whatever, and your body responds, that is not your fault. That is not you consenting to the abuse. That is not something that you personally can control. However, what could be controlled is that other person who is abusing you. So Beth told me, and I think I've said this before, but she told me a couple times over the years, she's like, I don't care if you're 16, 17 years old and you walk up to, we'll use Tom as um, the person in example, because most likely that's who it was ta- we were talking about. And you stand in front of him completely naked and you're like, I want to have sex. Well, 
It's nothing illegal has happened yet. Now, it's inappropriate for you to go up to somebody and be like, hey, let's have sex. Especially if you're a minor and they're an adult. Because um, at that time, the adult has a decision to make. The decision is, do I break the law and do I follow through and have sex with this person? Or do I turn my back and walk away? And in my situation, Tom should have walked away and he didn't. But also in my situation, I was conditioned to be attentive to him. And, um, you know, there may have been times, I know there were, there were times when I was a little bit older and um, I would approach him. Get away. Go. Go lay down. You go lay down. Sorry. The dogs are on my hips and it's driving me nuts. But there were times that I would go to him and instigate. Well, it still was wrong of him to continue through with the act. So if you get nothing else out of this, just know that just because your body responds to a physical touch does not mean that you are consenting to having sex. It does not mean that you are, okay, let's do this. And even if you did consent and you are underage in your state and the other person is over the age of 18, typically is the age, um, it's them. It's They're the ones that are doing the illegal activity, not you. So don't beat yourself up because you have had a physical response to someone touching you in a sexual way. I just want to make that clear because that is something that I hear a lot. You know, I feel guilty because I, you know... I, I had an ejaculation or, you know, an orgasm or whatever. It is not your fault when an adult takes advantage of you. Just remember that. So one of the other articles that I found that I wanted to go over was kind of this. That other one was pretty um, specific, but this one is just like bullet points. It's like teach your kids or teach young children the language they need to talk about their bodies and inform them about boundaries to help them understand what is allowed and what is inappropriate. These lessons help them know when something isn't right and gives them the power to speak up. What's one thing that victim or survivors typically say they lose in a situation? They lose their power and they tend to give that power to the abuser. So teaching your child when they're younger to have the power to speak up against this kind of violation is important. Um, Teach children the names of their body parts. When children have the words to describe their body parts, they may find it easier to ask questions and express concern about those body parts. Some parts of the body are private. Let children know Excuse me. The other people shouldn't touch or look at them. If a healthcare professional has to examine these parts of the body, be present. Because 
that could be confusing to them. Um, excuse me. It's okay to say no. It's important to let children know that they are allowed to say no to touches that make them feel uncomfortable. This message isn't obvious to children. So it isn't obvious to children who are often taught to be obedient and to follow the rules. Support your child if they say no, even if it puts you in an uncomfortable position. For example, if your child doesn't want to hug someone at a family gathering, respect their decision to say no to this to this contact. That was one of the things that when I was in graduate school, I was doing um, a prevent child abuse like presentation. And this was one of the things that I kept saying over and over and over again. You know, the child may not want to hug grandma because maybe her teeth are soaking and it's creepy. Or maybe they don't want to hug grandpa because he smells like cigar smoke. Maybe they don't want to hug Uncle Bill because he makes you feel uncomfortable. That's okay. So don't don't make your child hug Aunt Phyllis or whatever and she slaps a big wet kiss on their cheek they may not like that and it's okay for them to voice that and say oh mom I don't like it when Aunt Phyllis kisses me with her big wet lips on my forehead or whatever so let your child let your child use the word no and respect it I'm telling you guys these dogs Oh, you probably, you probably wonder why I still continue to do this podcast at my dining room table when these two heathens are sitting over here begging me for treats. It's my own fault because I give in and I give them the treats and then they're like, Ooh, we want more. And then I'm like, well, shut up. And then I have to give them treats to get them to shut up. So my fault. Okay. (laughs) The next one, talk about secrets. This is a big one. Perpetrators will often use secret keeping to manipulate children. Let children know that they can always talk to you, especially if they've been told to keep a secret. If they see someone touching another child, they should not keep this secret either. Learn more about protecting a child from sexual assault. Okay, so in that, you would just want to Google learn more about protecting a child from sexual assault. Lots of stuff on the internet. Um, A lot of resources. Reassure them that they won't get in trouble. Young children often fear getting in trouble or upsetting their parents by asking questions or talking about their experiences. Shut up. Be a safe place for your child to share information about things that they have questions about or that make them uncomfortable. Remind them that they will not be punished for sharing this information with you. Personal experience. When I was in the fifth grade, I got mad at Tom and I wrote uh, like a story about, I don't even remember what the story was, but it was inappropriate. It was clearly an inappropriate, inappropriate relationship between a child my age and an adult of his age. Well, Tom's cousin found it and he didn't ask me about it. He took it straight to my mom and my mom asked me about it 
She didn't ask me about it. She screamed at me about it. I told you never to write these things down. And if you don't know if anybody else is going to get a hold of this stuff and we get in trouble, blah, 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 blah. I, after getting yelled at like that, if she did ask me if any of it was true, do you think that I was going to come out and be like, yeah, he sexually has been sexually abusing me for a year. Hell no. I'm not going to say anything because first of all, I'm already in trouble because I wrote this information down. And mom is screaming and yelling at me, so my defenses are way up. And I'm like, gotta make the situation stop. Gotta make her stop yelling, so say whatever you have to do to get her to stop yelling. In my case, I was like, I don't know why I wrote it down. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Case closed. So I went on for another five and a half years getting abused by her husband. And at that time, when I wrote that story, they weren't even married. It was like a year before they were married. So had she reacted differently to 10-year-old me, I may have disclosed the abuse. But because she was angry and she was spewing at me and, oh, she was pissed, I decided not to say anything. And she ended up marrying him. The abuse went on for five and a half more years. And she ended up getting divorced, finding out that her husband was a child predator. And here we are. (laughs) So just reassure them that they're not going to get in trouble. Especially, I can't even say, like, a little bitty child coming to you saying, so-and-so touched my my butt. You know, did they hit your butt because you got in trouble? Or did they hold their hand on your bottom. You know, ask questions, but let them tell you your story because you don't want to put thoughts into their heads. But I can't imagine a little one coming to me and me not believing them. And as a parent, I'm not a, I'm not a parent of my own blood child, but I love my stepsons a lot. And Excuse me. If one of them came up to me and told me something that as an adult I should do something about, I'm going to do it. Of course, I would talk about it with their dad first because he may have already been working on it. Anyway, if a child, it doesn't matter how old they are, even if an adult comes to you, I had this situation happen to me. You know, there was a a young girl who came to me. She had been raped and she, um, without giving too much information, she never thought that she would be believed if she told the police. And I encouraged her. I was like, dear, you have got to you've got to file a police report because what if he's doing this to someone else or what if he does this to someone else? So she did and he got arrested. So, you know, she was an adult at this time, but this happened when she was under the age of 18 and there was proof that it happened. So obviously they can't ignore that. Um, so 
you know, if anybody comes to you and says, you know, I was raped or whatever, refer them right to the police because, you know, you don't know how much courage they had, even as an adult, how much courage they had to have to disclose that information to you. So take that information and do good with it. You know, lead them in the right direction to get help, whether it be to the police station or, you know, a therapist or, excuse me, in some cases, clergy, um, a pastor or whatever. You know, it's... And... In today's world, I hate to say this, but sometimes it's better to go to the police directly and then see where you go after that. Because sometimes in certain churches, they try to keep a lid on things. Um, I was watching a documentary. (laughs) My stepson, (laughs) he has these, these words that he says. And sometimes when I'm talking to people, I have to be careful not to say it the way that he does. So, like, he, it's doc, documentary, but he would say documentary. So, as a joke, sometimes in conversation, I will say that. But then sometimes, like, I really have to stop and think about, am I saying it correctly? <laughs> I forget what the other one was. Politics for politics and documentary for document documentary. Um So anyway, I was watching this documentary um, on Netflix about these, I think there were like three or four grown men who had been victims in a sexual assault case with a, a priest. And I can't believe how underground this whole thing is with the Catholic Church. And I'm not saying it's not that way with other churches. But this one is a pretty big one. So (coughs) this particular, I can't, procession I think was the name of it. And in this, I didn't watch the whole thing um, because I think I fell asleep. But basically the three or four men who were abused were doing some sort of therapeutic reenactment and it was showing their situation and how they were abused. I may have this wrong, but it was very intense because, you know, there was this one child who was an altar boy and and he dropped the Catholic, so I don't know these terms, but you know, like that incense, I think is what it is when they're doing communion, I think. Anyway, he dropped this and the priest just shot him a look and this boy took off running because he knew that he was in trouble. That's the type of control. Get away. Go, go. That's the type of control that abusers have over kids and This dog is over here panting really heavy because she's trying to get my attention. Sorry, it's not me. It's the dog. (laughs) Um, But that type of control was very present in my abuse. Um, 
just quickly, I there was an example of when Ryan, who is now my husband, when we were first dating, I and mean, this was even before we were dating, when we were kind of flirty, um, <clears throat> I was going on a, um, a trip to town because we lived in the country. And it was myself and Ryan, we were in a minivan and we were in the middle seats. And then Tom and a friend of his were in the front seat. Well, Ryan and I were kind of flirting back and forth and I knew it was probably not a good idea because Tom was extremely territorial and controlling. So he heard something that he didn't like and he shot me this look through the rear view mirror that I will never forget. It was, this is, the look that he gave me was, you better shut your damn mouth and quit flirting with this guy before I beat your ass. That is the look that I got. And even um, one of the things that I used to tell Beth, I'm like, all he has to do, Tom, all he has to do is shoot me a look and I could fall right back into his train, like into under his spell in the trance, whatever. Because, and that scares me as a grown woman. You know, I have run into him in public one, well, one time shortly after he got out of jail, I had a meltdown. Thank God my dad was there. Um, and he, he sent me home, but, uh, Tom and his wife had come into my place of employment. I was in like my first year of college and I was delivering pizzas or something. And I looked through the mirror or through the window of the restaurant and I, I started on the floor and when he crossed his legs, like put his ankle on his knee, it sent this panic over my body. When I looked up and I realized it was him, I about hyperventilated. I I couldn't breathe. My blood pressure shot up. I was freaking out. Um, And thank God my dad came out and was like, are you okay? And I was like, he's in there. He's in there. I can't go in there. And he's like, okay, we'll go to the back of the building and stay there and I'll get your money and we'll, you can clock out and go home. So I had that first response but I knew if he saw me, I knew, he could just look at me and I would, I would be in so much trouble. So when I put myself in situations as an adult now, going to the racetrack, things like that, where I could possibly run into him, I have to be careful because I don't know for a fact that it wouldn't happen. Um, one other thing I wanted to share with you guys, I'll, I'll finish this and then I'm going to share a little personal story about, um, a movie that I watched last night. So, okay. So talk about your secrets, reassure them that, that, that they won't get in trouble. And the last two show them what it looks like to do the right thing. It could be as simple as helping an elderly person get off the bus or picking up change that someone had dropped on the ground. When you model helping behavior, it signals to your child that this is normal and a positive way to behave. Um, When they come to you, make time for them. If your kid comes to you with something they feel is important, take the time to listen. 
Give them your undivided attention and let them know that you take their concerns seriously. They may be more likely to come to you in the future if they know their voices their voice will be heard. Um that's pretty much it, but this one this particular resource that I got was from National Sexual Assault Hotline or Rain R A I N N dot org. Um, to speak to somebody who's been trained to help, call the National Sexual Assault Helpline or Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE, which is 4673. Or chat online with somebody at rainn.org. For additional information on talking with your child about safety from sexual abuse, visit, visit Darkness to Light. So I'm, I guess that's the website I got this off of. Um, Okay, so to kind of wrap things up, I'm going to give you a personal story. Last night, um, so racing season is starting this weekend. And by racing season, I mean short track racing. I'm a huge fan of um, short tracks in my area. My husband works just for a, a fun job on the weekends at a local short track. And I absolutely love it. I still don't understand why I love racing so much, considering the fact that Tom was in racing and that is what I was raised around. It doesn't make sense to me, but it is something that Ryan and I love to do, like go and and watch racing and things like that. Um, So I was online and I, somebody was talking about this movie called Dirty... Dirty Driving, and it was about um, Thunder Cars of Indiana. I don't really like Thunder Car Racing because it's it's just the beat and the banging kind, you know, the old Crown Victorias that that they run into, things like that, whatever. So I realized that it had been filmed 14 years ago. I was like, how did I not know about this? So I came in the living room. I was like, hey, do you want to watch this documentary with me? He's like, well, what's it about? And I said it was about... Um, the Anderson Speedway, which is a local racetrack. Um, It's about an hour away from us. Not the one that he works at, but it's one that I grew up at with Tom and my mom and my brother's dad um, when they were married, things like that. So it was only an hour long and I'm sitting, I'm laying on the couch. I never lay on the couch, but I was laying on the couch and we were watching it and it was like I stepped back in time. Okay, the the amount I hesitate to use this word, these words, because I don't want to be judgmental, but I saw myself, my family, our past as that we were like white trash. Okay, Um, everybody lives their life differently. Great. I'm not judging anybody. What I am saying is (laughs) the way that they perceive, like they, (laughs) I'm laughing because I looked at Rick. I mean, (laughs) it was, I looked at Ryan and I was like, what am I watching? It's like I was at the racetrack when I was a kid and, you know, there's guys running around hooting and hollering at each other, calling each other MFers and you know, there's little kids and they're like, I'm going to be a race car driver when I grow up, just like my daddy. Well, my daddy hasn't won a race ever. 
Okay, Belle. Long story short, so I'm so sorry if you think I'm a judgy person. I'm not. I'm. This is what I grew up in. Okay. So, basically, there were a few times I saw glimpses of Tom. It wasn't the real Tom. It was people that he was a lot alike. You know, like they probably could have been brothers. So a couple times I had to close my eyes and think, I don't live there anymore. I'm not in that situation. Why is this bothering me so much? There was a scene where one of the guys was, he had stepped up on the side of the trailer to work because the car was on the trailer and he leaned over the front of the car. He had on the same kind of blue jeans that Tom wore. And I like literally had to shake my head and close my eyes because I was like, no, no, we are not going down this rabbit hole. We are not going to think about this. We are not going to have bad dreams about that. Like I, (laughs) when it was over, we looked at each other, my husband and I, and I was like, what the hell did we just watch? This was like a train wreck on TV. Like, let's expose all of the lower economic people in Anderson, Indiana. It was, it was bizarre. It, the sad thing is that was my life when I was growing up. You know, there's the, the supportive wife that's yelling and screaming at other drivers and calling them MFers and how they're dirty drivers and blah, blah, blah. My mom did that stuff when I was a kid. And I was like, man, that's what we looked like. God, thank God I don't, I don't do that stuff now because no, (laughs) I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I will never say that, but I will not act like that. I will not. I do. I do tell my friends if they come to the racetrack with me that they might see a glimpse of the white trash Nikki because I get a little bit excited about the race cars and especially like if there's on track rivalries and I love it, but I have to be, I have to put it together, pull it together because <laughs> I don't want to get into a fight or anything like that. So it's a, it's a little tricky, but that I was afraid when I went to bed last night and I remember praying about it. I was like, please don't let this affect my, my, my brain. Like I don't want to deal with, I don't want to go backwards and um luckily i woke i did wake up at like f- in the middle of the night it was like 4:30 in the morning and i was like did i have a bad dream <laughs> but i don't remember what it was so that could be the prayer answered because i was i was so afraid when i went to bed that that was going to be a trigger for me and with the beginning of racing season every year you know it's it's not as bad as it used to be, but like my, my senses get a little flared up and I'm, you know, my spidey sense or whatever, where I'm looking around, making sure that Tom's not anywhere around. None of his friends are around because I don't want to deal with them. So, you know, I'll turn and go the other way and sit on the other side of the racetrack. I'm not, I'm not in the mood to deal with that. So I can still have a good time. Anyway, 
I am so sorry I went off on a tangent, but I wanted to tell you because it does kind of relate to my personal experience with this and how I saw something that was a huge trigger for me. You know, it's even today at work, I was, I was standing outside by my car and it was like I was in a trance and I had some flashbacks, but I was able to just be like, okay, you know, this is, this is still part of my everyday life, but I don't have to let it affect my work. I don't have to let it affect my day. And it didn't. So I wanted to share with you that if you do struggle with that, you you can work through those episodes and it won't, it wouldn't, it won't affect your day, you know, in a bad way. <coughs> so I apologize again for going off on a tangent there at the end, but I do hope that you got something out of this. And if you have children, um, you know, having ways that you can talk to them about sexual assault. Um, don't forget that I am on Facebook. I have a group, the um, Kept Secrets, a podcast about overcoming childhood abuse. It's The group is growing a little bit, which is awesome. I would love to have more interaction with people on there. Um, if you want to do a listener story, I meant to say something at the beginning, but I'm thinking about doing a listener story segment in this where if you have a story and you want to share it, obviously you can send it in anonymously to kept at gmail.com. Um, I'm happy to read it on or on this, on an episode and then people can talk about it on the Facebook group or not. It, it's just more than just my story. So if you have a story and you think that you can help people, survivors or victims of abuse, I encourage you to send it to me. <coughs> I would like to have it in a PDF version, but if not, it's okay because I I can I can make it work. That is the email again is kept secrets podcast at gmail.com. Facebook group is kept secrets a po- <laughs> a podcast about overcoming childhood abuse. Feel free to reach out to me directly. Um You can message me on Facebook. I have listeners message me probably two or three times a week, and I love it. Um, Feel free to start a chat or something even in the group on Facebook. So I am here to help. I'm an open book. I have nothing to hide. So I hope that you have a great rest of the day, whatever it is you're doing. I'm sorry if I rambled. (laughs) Have a wonderful time, and I will see you all next week. Till then.